Welcome to the Kara's Cure Show, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundlin. It is allergy season here in the Northeast, and pollen counts have been extremely high. So you might know about staying inside or showering after you've been outdoors, but did you know that what you're eating could really heal or hurt your allergies? I'm joined by Bryce Wild, who is an expert on how what we eat affects our allergies, and he has some do's and don'ts for us on the show today. Welcome, Bryce. Kara, thanks so much. Nice to be here. And you know where allergies go? Where? At you. I'm sorry. Ah, yeah. Bad, bad <laughs> dad you. joke. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That Terrible is. dad joke. Yeah. So, you know. Bad season this year, though. Yeah. I mean, it is a bad season. But first of all, can we talk about that? Why is it such a bad season this year? People who don't even normally have allergies are now thinking, I think I have allergies. Yeah. So three big reasons. Number one, it's the hygiene hypothesis. You know, it's been some time that we were hunkering down um, and doing what we needed to do to defend ourselves against the big P. Uh, and now that we're out of the woods, you know, your immune system is kind of like an, uh, a muscle and you got to work it out. And um, folks haven't been, you know, with this, you know, typical amounts of colds and flus and other viruses in fact here. So frankly, the immune system has become a little lazy over the last number of years. Uh, and that for the allergy sufferer translates into more of a vehement uh, immune response towards these otherwise benign. I mean, let's talk about that uh, for a sec. Allergies are a confused immune system already. And so the immune system is ramping up a response to pollens in the air, molds, uh, you know, grass tree uh, proteins, et cetera. And, uh, and somebody who has not, yeah, you know, for a few years had the typical amounts of colds and flu researchers show us or tell us that their immune systems are probably a lot more imbalanced. So that's number one. Uh, number two, water equals a lot more flora, a lot more release uh, of these pollens. And uh, this year we've received a ton more uh, than average. And so we're looking at uh, that as a, as a second uh, factor. And then third, frankly, it's, um, you know, it's got a lot to do with exposure. Um, and folks, again, kind of to my first point, they're out and around. They've got this itch, excuse the pun, literally to be outdoors. And yeah. uh, that's going to translate into a lot more exposure. Yeah. So we've, those are certain things we can control, but none of us really want to live indoors all the time. But I think people know less about foods. Um, you know, I've, I've, find it fascinating. Um, not only can foods cause allergies and eczema and some of the stuff that we're dealing with might actually be related to a food allergy, but foods can also exacerbate just your regular allergies. So let's talk about that. You say foods that have something called histamines um, can cause a problem. And some of them are healthy foods like avocados or spinach. Absolutely. You know, so quick anatomy, bio 101 on uh, an allergy. Uh, for the listeners out there on the podcast, I'm holding up a balloon. And if this little pin, this little yellow pin guy here represents a pollen, and this balloon filled with histamine, it's called a mast cell, uh, gets uh, defensive against this pollen, then boom. And what do you see? All kinds of histamine all over the place. That is why we reach over the counter for antihistamines. But if we only knew, if folks only knew that foods not only contained histamine, specific foods, we'll get into that, but also are histamine provokers. Uh, they ultimately cause more histamine to be released. So I've got this charcuterie board in front of me here, Kara. That looks I'm yummy. holding up some age. Age, I love it too. I am such, I am a cheese head at the end of the day. Maybe not the best thing, saturated fats or uh, too much of that, but Asiago, you know, Pecorino, a lot of the aged preserves cheeses and meats. Um, healthy dried fruits 
tons of histamine in them. You mentioned earlier avocados, spinach, just a major histamine sequester. And here's a lot of folks, glad I'm on the other side of the, of the uh, camera here because I'd get beaten up otherwise, but wine, red wine and beer, that's got to be out. It's not just the alcohol, it's the congeners and some of the pigments you know, so if you're going to have a drink uh, this uh, allergy season and you're a major sufferer, you probably want to reach for something without congeners. That is to say, vodka, white wine, and, and really limit the amount. So, yeah, these are histamine sequesters, foods that contain a lot of the very the same stuff that's found within those mast cells, the balloon I blew up. And so when you don't avoid these foods, you're just doubling down on your symptoms. Okay, so obviously for people who are watching on the show or on YouTube, because we stream on so many different platforms, you can see it. But again, so spinach, instead of spinach, what would you put in your salad? Like, are other lettuces okay? Yeah, so Romain, <clears throat> so we got some caveats and without, you know, overly uh, confusing anybody, we'll talk about those up next. So healthy foods are ultimately what we call crossover, oral allergy syrup. But with that caveat in place, uh, there are other greens, <laughs> leafy greens that don't ha have nearly the same amount of histamine that spinach does. Okay. Uh, so I say all that and I add that caveat because if you've got oral allergy syndrome, particularly to grasses, then there are some things. Uh, certain lettuce leaves that you do want to avoid. Now, anyone can look this up, um, Google it. I mean, it's very, it's really that simple. Or speak to your, uh, your allergist. But in my 22 years of clinical practice, the number one thing I see reduce from a dietary perspective, allergy symptoms. And if you've got allergies, you know who you are out there. It's the itchy, runny nose, itch at the back of the throat, <clears throat> clearing the throat all the time itchy eyes, you know, they, you know, you know who you are. And if by just lowering the amount of histamine in your diet, uh, including spinach, to your point, you see a lot easier. You're managing your symptoms a lot better. You're, you're looking to uh, use those antihistamines far less. All right. So romaine instead of spinach, white wine instead of red, skip the beer, maybe hold off on the avocados. Uh, again, these are just things that are going to worsen for it. Um, now, you say specifically if you're allergic to grass pollen, there's some fruits that you want to avoid, like melons, oranges, kiwis, tomatoes, and peanuts, which are legumes. You got it. Absolutely. So thank you for that differentiation there. Peanuts are legumes, just like cashews are legumes from this family. So I'm going to serve you up this plate here of those grass crossovers. This is called oral allergy syndrome or pollen-related foodborne allergies. Now, <clears throat> here's how this works. These all share familial genetic information uh, with grass, you know, so basically are of the same family and therefore the proteins that are found within them uh, carry the same antigenicity. And that means the immune system is going to see those uh, as very similar to what's already made a mistake around. And that is fighting against the pollens in the atmosphere caused by grasses trying to cross pollinate and do what they do. Uh, so avoiding these crossovers, by the way, you can ask your doctor for a test on these. It's called immunoglobulin E. Um, and these are not life-threatening. Well, peanuts, we're not talking about peanuts in context of what will send you to the ER and anaphylaxis. That's a different type of allergy. We're talking about an immune response that is otherwise, again, confused, seasonal crossover. So you can ask your doctor for a simple blood test. Often what they're going to do is a RAST, R-A-S-T, test, which is a skin scratch test to identify pollens in the, uh, in the atmosphere and how your immune system responds to those. But you can ask them to run this for foods, also, get a lot more clarity. Create the you diet, Kara. It's about what do I eat as an mm -hmm. immune, you know, uh, or, or an allergy sufferer? Yeah. And then 
this is where it gets a little confusing too because I, I also have interviewed a lot of naturopathic doctors who talk about the importance of food too and they will often say there are certain foods that can really help us like ideally we shouldn't be spraying our lawn with all the chemicals but take the dandelion greens and the dandelion teas and those can help uh, tell us a little bit about foods that might be able to help and do you agree with that yeah, so I I agree with focusing on what we call N of one personalized medicine. So this has been my focus, you know, for the last 20 plus years, functional medicine. It's really taking the individual, customizing a diet plan for them. I wouldn't say that dandelions is, is excellent for everybody. Frankly, if you're on an anti-hypertension medication or you've got kidney issues and, you know, maybe dandelions are not for you. And this yeah. is because they're a diuretic. Uh, so that aside, so really trying to focus on what's right for the individual, and we're sharing information that probably could apl apply across the board. So I will answer that question. It's not an easy one, but I will say this. If you're looking to manage your allergies uh, and you're looking to create a more balanced immune system and just be overall more healthy, um, <clears throat> I suggest, and I'm of the camp uh, that likes the idea that we eat like our ancestors ate. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is some 20, 30,000 years ago, we become uh, adopted to uh, cultivation and agriculture. That means we start to grow uh, and harvest grains. But our immune systems didn't develop to understand what grains are. And so, again, we're just still adapting to that. Eating like we used to eat pre, you know, 30,000 years ago means a lot of grass-finished or organic meats. And so when I say preserved meats are out, that's because they have a high amount of histamine in them. But natural grass-fed or grass-finished uh, organic beef, chicken, turkey, um, eggs, uh, you know, a lot of the leafy greens, but those that are not high histamine, as we alluded to earlier on, uh, and then nuts and seeds, providing you don't have a sensitivity to those. So eating like our ancestors, it's called the paleolithic diet. I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of folks on yeah. that topic. It's because our immune systems have had the time and our genetics to adapt to that style of eating. And also, by the way, I should tell you, because uh, maybe we'll get into this, the whole idea of keeping a healthy gut, 80% of our immune system resides in our gut. It's called GALT, or gut-associated lymphoid tissue. But keeping that healthy, intact gut translates to an overall more balanced, better uh, immune system. So that, that's, you know, it, it's not to confuse folks, uh, but just to make note of the idea, I mean, I'm uh, the author of Power Plants. This is talking about natural remedies, all the time to cure what ails you or help your body work. No miracle. Just get your body working better on its own. Th that doesn't mean that sometimes plants are the offender. And in this case, they are. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And and we have talked a lot about gut health on Karis Cures and um, so important. And even the conventional Western doctors who certainly do a great job in certain things, but even they are now advising, you know, get your gut in check and, and taking probiotics and all that. But like you also say, there's here's some across the board information that really reducing our intake of sugar and processed foods, no matter who you are, if you're human, those are not good for us and they could exacerbate our allergies? All right, so a quick demo and for those that are tuning in uh, with no video, this is how I like to define what we otherwise know affectionately as leaky gut syndrome. And, and this is, I know what you're alluding to here. So if our gut is this sieve and it's supposed to be permeable, stuff gets through, these are micro holes, um, and uh, things like proteins and carbohydrates and fats, macronutrients and micronutrients, all the vitamins and minerals are supposed to come through your gut into your general circulation. That's supposed to happen. But if this drill, if this drill here 
is refined carbohydrates, cakes, cookies, donuts, pasta, micronutrient deficient foods, and often gluten for some people. And it's processed oils and just all the stuff you find in your, you know, junk food uh, aisle and or fast food place. Well, that's what this is. And what I'm going to do here to the gut is I'm going to start making all kinds of holes. That's what that kind of diet does. And what I end up with is an unselective, that means hyperpermeable, a gut that can't make the choice it should be making selectively to allow certain things not to come in. I just want to narrate that does. I want to narrate for the people who are listening that if they couldn't see that, but you just took a drill and drilled holes in the colander or the sieve. So now the holes are too big. So, right. So things are just all going leaking everywhere. That's right. And so things that are not supposed to translate into general circulation, just to name a few, you know, bacterial fragments, uh, long chain carbohydrates and proteins from food, certain fibers, things that are supposed to end up in the waste stream, uh, ultimately come into the general circulation. By the way, if anyone wants to get this tested, again, I'm always about knowing your numbers, getting these endpoints through blood, urine, saliva, all kinds of different ways in which to take biological samples and prove whether or not this is an issue for you. <clears throat> the marker is called zonulin. And zonulin is a very special protein that holds intact the villi which in Latin stands for worm villi. That's where things absorb through the microvilli into blood circulation. Um, you know, it, when zonulin elevates in the blood, that means those villi are basically breaking down. There's inflammation, microinflammation. We're not talking about Crohn's and colitis and serious pathology that a gastroenterologist would actually visibly see. We're talking about microscopic inflammation causing zonulin to increase into general circulation. That defines whether or not a patient's got leaky gut. And when that's the case, again, things are coming into general circulation. Then your immune system says, what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. And it will attack it, develop antibodies to it. And this is to be way over simplistic, but imagine eating a piece of chicken. And, you know, you know, some of us eat the cartilage or close to that cartilage skin. If that's leaking through into general circulation, your immune system says, oh, I don't know what that is. Let's just be on the defensive and create antibodies to this stuff. Then maybe next up is it starts to misidentify your own joint tissue. Once again, that's not a medical statement. That's not actually what happens. But that really creates an illustration for folks, things leaking into general circulation, your body creating an immune response to it. And then, you know, ultimately there's havoc that's wreaked. You know, thank you for that. I think a lot of people, especially who are listening in this audience, might have heard of leaky gut before, but maybe not understood like, whoa, what does that mean? And why is my gut leaking? So the idea that things aren't going where they're not supposed to be in our body is doing its job. I mean, what you explained is allergies are that, right? It's an immune system attacking a tomato when it shouldn't or attacking colon when it shouldn't. Um, so let's fin I want to I want to talk about the idea that some people say we should have little bits of things we're allergic to to get over it. We'll get to that. But first, mm. um, foods high in plant sterols or something called quercetin, which there's a supplement that um, I've used in our house that a naturopath gave me, DST, I think. It's been around for a long time. Maybe you know it. But it has tons of quercetin in it. What is quercetin and how do we get more of that? Sure. So quercetin is naturally found in onions. Um, it's a very brightly kind of yellow colored pigment that's also found in that color and varietal of uh, fruits and vegetables apples uh, so it's a very potent antioxidant and a few minutes ago i burst a balloon and histamine was released all over the place in the um, visual of confetti um, that's a mast cell getting uh, angry and aggravated at an antigen so it's going to blow up and release histamine which ultimately causes the symptoms that allergy sufferers have 
So coercetin stabilizes that balloon or that mast cell from blowing up in the first place. And if and when it blows up, it's able to come and sweep up the mess. So it's a very potent antioxidant, it's very potent anti-inflammatory, but it's also most importantly, a mast cell stabilizer. So we reach for, you know, this is often the way of conventional medicine, nothing wrong with it, but we reach for the over-the-counter antihistamines because now histamines run rampant and we're swollen, we've got all the symptoms. Well, how about actually using some stuff that actually stabilizes the mast cells in the first place so that they don't blow up uh, as likely? So that's really what that is. I want to clarify something, if I may, though, taking a step backwards. I want to make sure folks understand you can have allergies for, you know, one of the leading theories is this confused immune system. We're not entirely sure, believe it or not, exactly why they onset. We know they happen uh, in some folks very early on uh, and others not until later on in life. Hormones are involved. Stress is involved. Bad diets involved. But I want to underscore something very important. You can have oral allergy syndrome or confused immune system to grasses or molds or trees or any of that sort. But a leaky gut, a leaky gut's going to make that worse. And mm. they are two distinct issues. So mm -hmm. just want to underscore that. Uh, quercetin, um, DAO, I'm not sure if that was what you're referring to, diamine oxidase. So it was, sometimes it's a if you. Prescription called, it's a supplement called DST, but I know there's a lot out of there, and people might see ah. even like quercetin out there. And you just mentioned we can get a lot from onions, but quercetin, you say, can actually help us with allergies, whether we're eating it in yeah. food or maybe you're taking, you know, a supplement of quercetin. Yeah, you got it. Now I'm scrupulous when it comes to not the brand. I don't really care so much, you know, specifically about the brand of quercetin. Whichever brand holds what's called ISO-Q, as so many brands out there do. ISO-Q is a raw material developed by a manufacturer in um, Japan. They're called Tayo. The reason I love this is because of the bioavailability. You hear us all the time in natural medicine talk about bioavailability when it comes to supplements. That just means how easily and readily available is this to your body and the system? How does it recognize it? You know, how, how does it work? And so the stronger it is, the more easily it's taken up. So on the label, you'll see all types of different types of quercetin. You'd want to look for ISO-Q, I-S-O-Q form ISO of okay. quercetin. And, and I mean, oh. I, we stress- And then Modupir or, or sterols. You mentioned sterols, plant sterols yes. and sterilins. This sounds like steroids. It's nothing to do with steroids. It's a, basically a plant-derived cholesterol. Go figure. A lot of things start off as cholesterol, including our hormones and immune cells and all kinds of things. Need cholesterol uh, to function properly. Um, but at the end of the day, sterols and sterolins help to modulate the immune system. So an allergy to anything, your own tissue, autoimmunity, uh, seasonal allergies relate to this. Think of this sort of like the scales of justice. There's something called Th1 and Th2. When those are imbalanced, okay, often the Th2 dominant causing this hyperreactivity by the immune system, then sterols come in and help to balance or okay. create more of a neutrality around that uh, Th2 dominance. It gets a little technical. Again, these are things that you can all ask your naturopath or functional medicine expert uh, clinician to test you for. And here in Connecticut, we have, you know, a lot of great naturopaths um, uh, and, and a lot of people, you know, that uh, I'll, I'll mention just in case you're listening, Dr. Jennifer Stagg in Farmington or Dr. Artemis Morrison uh, in Milford, who sees people on Zoom. Uh, you're, I know, coming to us from Canada, but you do have um, a website. Is it something that do you advise people uh, via, uh, via telemedicine or more just read your books if people want to learn more? 
You know, so before I do the shameless plug, let me suggest that wherever you live across the the nation, uh, in the U.S. or in Canada, uh, the IFM, the Institute of Functional Medicine, that's where in your jurisdiction you're going to find the great people that you just mentioned there uh, and others with these credentials that, you know, you go on. It's beyond a doctor, medical doctor's degree. I'm not an MD. Uh, I practice natural medicine and I'm regulated in the province of Ontario in Canada. But, um, you know, uh, you know, having had training above and beyond uh, what I learned in school, we now affectionately refer to this as functional medicine, kind of evolved from this alternative. It's no longer alternative, became complementary alternative and then kind of evolved into functional. functional, which is, you know, the application of East and West and everything that's good is at the end of the day what falls in that silo. So, yeah, thank you. I mean, wildonhealth.com, over half a million pages of free information. Uh, for example, you're taking a medication and you want to know if it conflicts with a supplement, free database there, all kinds of stuff on allergies and, and living well. Yeah. And wild is W-Y-L-D-E, right? <laughs> You got it. Yeah, you got a W-Y-L-D-E um, on health.com. Yes, uh, for those listeners who I know they might not be able to see it. Um, so let's talk about some over-the-counter remedies, okay? Because I, I, I'm in the middle of the road. I got kids. I've done both. You know, um, back when we, when we, my son was suffering as a kid, the doctor rep rec recommended Zyrtec. It worked for him. He doesn't need it as much now. Maybe he's outgrown it, but there are days he comes home and says, give me the Zyrtec. And I try to, like, say, well, let's do this or let's, let's cut back on the sugar. But since Sometimes you need both. Sure. Um, so what are some, yeah. especially if you want something more natural or whatever, what do you recommend for over-the-counter or homeopathic options that really work? Sure. You know, so here's the, you know, what you want to really understand is mechanism of action. So again, I'm going to drive this home. If the mast cell blows up and releases histamine, you want to seek, you know, and often you do in terms of managing symptoms and antihistamine. I almost see that as the story is either too late in many regards, or it hasn't been a, a properly investigated. What are the underlying causes, plural, that contribute to these mast cells releasing all this histamine? So we've spoken about a lot of them as it relates to diet, leaky gut. Um, by the way, a major solution to leaky gut is probiotics. So I'll tell you about those. We talked about quercetin, you know, plant sterols. But when it comes to symptomatic relief, one of the biggest issues with the mechanism of action of antihistamines is rebound effect. You know, you can use them. Uh, but just know that when you use them, even at labeled uh, recommendations, your body is more likely uh, to release even more histamine the next time, particularly, and welcome to my friend uh, Cyclops here. Um, this is an eyeball uh, that I like to give folks the visual for. Um, it's very vascularized. Like, you know, you experience so many symptoms that are underappreciated as an allergy sufferer in the eyes. We can't work and focus or drive and get tired and itchy and so, so there's not a lot of solutions out there but again the eye drops that are available a lot of harsh chemicals a lot of rebound effect so once again huge advocate of the plant world uh you want to look for stuff that's formulated with natural active ingredients um turns out in this case homeopathically this is made with euphrasia uh, which is eye bright flower and sabadilla lily uh so this guy here is called allergy eye relief uh, Similisign is a wonderful company Wait, in Switzerland I visited. That's one that? thing I do care about, by the way. I visit all these manufacturers of the raw materials that make these consumer-facing brands. So uh, I've been there, boots on the ground to see this. And what I love is, again, no harsh chemicals, no rebound effect. And what's it called it again in case people want it? Yeah, it's called Similisign Allergy Eye Relief. They've got a whole wonderful line. What you're looking for is Sabadilla Lily, Eye Bright. These are the active, natural active ingredients. By the way, this is like... 
I don't know how this happened. It's almost like overnight in the last couple of years became the number one global eye care really? product out there. I, I, uh, but but it works. It? it works. And that's the. Like the, I'm thinking of people listening. How do you spell it and where do you buy this? <laughs> yeah, so Similison, so allergy eye relief. Similison is S-I-M-I-L-A-S-A-N, Similisan. Okay. Uh, anywhere. I mean, it's over the counter. Walgreens, oh, okay. uh, Walmart, you know, CVS. Yeah, it's, it's, it's widely available. Okay, great. Uh, once again, use it as often as you want. You don't have to, you know, and you can have contacts or whatever. It's just one of those things that are not going to cause any rebound effect. That's the big one. Um, and then when it comes to probiotics, once again, I don't care what brand you buy. Just look at the label. What's in the product? There's so many out there for irritable bowel syndrome. Now, women's conditions. Uh, this one here is for <laughs> weight loss. You know, there's but what you want to look at because <clears throat> there's no such thing as the best probiotic. Um, probiotics help with leaky gut. They help to modulate or balance the immune system. And again, 80 percent of the immune system is in the gut, uh, as we referred to earlier, GALT or gut-associated lymphoid tissue. But here's what you want to look for, strains and species that confer health benefit. When it comes to allergies, turns out lactobacillus, acidophilus, bifidobacterium longum, lactis, there's some strains and species that actually help with allergies. Can I plug another website? It's a generic website. Yes, please. Give our viewers information for sure. <laughs> so proud Canadian, yeah, proud Canadian probiotic chart dot ca um this is formed by a pharmacist uh, this is a wonderful resource all evidence-based stuff that's what i'm all about you go on there and you say okay what probiotic is for what condition including ibs ibd allergies you name it um, and then you want to purchase the product that ultimately has that strain or species listed on the label okay so you've given us a lot of information and as our as, as we time as our time closes um just to go back and i always like to do the takeaways um so that you can go okay gosh i just learned all this and um especially if you're new to this the idea that um you want to avoid certain things like avocados spinach certain things that have a lot of histamines you can google that you want to eat foods that will actually help you and balance your gut so remove the sugar remove the probiotic uh, remove the um processed foods add in some probiotics it'd be really great to learn um to align with a functional medicine doctor who can help you through this and make it personalized for you. Um, anything else that you think is a real takeaway, like someone wants to help their kids or themselves right now? Absolutely. So if you don't want to be the filter, uh, you just got to buy some filters or invest in a filtration system. Best to go home-wide, like a HEPA, high-efficiency particle matter in your furnace. If you can't do that, you're spending, hopefully, to stay healthy, seven or eight hours in your bedroom, get a HEPA filtration there. So HEPA means basically there's a carbon filter, very, very fine mesh filter. They're not cheap, but they're worth every penny. And then don't forget the car. Every 15,000 miles, you should be changing your car filter. You know, this is what's going to filter up pollens that are zipping through there. And if it's dirty or old, it's not working for you. Then you're exposed there. And don't forget the shower. You know, when you get home, you know, rinse off. It doesn't have to be with soap or any major, you know, harsh chemical. Just shower out the pollens. And neti pot, this is an old Ayurvedic technique. Now, these are, we're looking at some sinuses here. When you breathe in uh, pollens all day, they get stuck in the nasal turbinates. You know, shower your hair, uh, but also consider the neti pot or some kind of irrigation system that you basically can take out uh, those pollens that are otherwise stuck up in there. And yeah, what your uh, allergist doesn't tell you is that foods, healthy foods, often cross over. Um, you know, oral allergy syndrome, look that up, get tested for that. Uh, and even food 
sensitivity testing is widely available now that your doctor can do if they know what you know you're asking for a simple blood test to actually identify and be very specific for you all right, Bryce, thank you so much. It's so much information. I encourage everyone to listen to this again. Mark the parts that appeal to you, and um, you can follow you also, wildonhealth.com. Thanks for being with us. You can follow me on social media, at Kara Sundlin. I do like to share this content there. Have a great day, everyone, and be well. Thanks, Kara.